This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's Thursday, December 30th. I'm Steve Alexander, joined as always by Raphael Johnson for another edition of the Round Ball Stew. Roth, we'd like to talk about the Predictor app around here. And someone won $25,000 last night in the Predictor Pick and Roll Contest. What do you think about that? that that's outstanding. Congratulations to that individual. You know, 25K is always a good, good amount to put in your pocket, you know. A little late Christmas gift there. Well, in addition to that amazing app, I like to think I have my own personal college football Predictor with me every Thursday, Roth, and that would be you. Oh, really? Now, the last time we talked about my Georgia Bulldogs, things did not mm. turn out as we had hoped. They've got a big <laughs> game Friday night against the Michigan Wolverines. What do you think? Of, what do you think is going to happen there? That's going to be a really physical football game. You know, both teams have really good running backs, really good offensive lines, um, good defensive lines as well. So. I think just just like any big game, whoever wins the battle in the trenches is usually the team that wins the game. You know, even though a lot of us like to focus on the skill position guys, I think linemen are the ones who ultimately win championships. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not too sure about making a prediction now. I'm not really too comfortable about that just yet, but I think it's going to be a really good football game. All right, I, I can live with that. I'm gonna I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, we've got. Got a bulldog on my hat right now. I've got (laughs) an extremely famous Georgia bulldog right behind me there, Dom. Mr. Wilkins. That might be his shoe over there. But yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal in where I live. Like that's going to be going to be a lot of a lot of hype going on Friday night there. So, all right, Ralph, let's let's dive into this thing. We got a lot of lot to talk about today. After a not, I wouldn't say it was a busy Wednesday night, but it was a there was a lot going on. So, yeah. First of all, we got to pour one out for my homie Ricky Rubio. Left ACL, he's done for the year. Interesting thing about the fact that he plays for the Cavaliers, Roth. You may not be aware of this, but they are the only NBA team that still has three games left on the schedule this week. They play Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Okay. So. Are there, is there fallout from Rubio as well as all the other COVID stuff going on in Cleveland where there's guys that that people can pick up for this three-game stretch to end the week that might win them their game this week? Well, I personally went out and added Denzel Valentine on a couple of my teams because, you know, in addition to Rubio, Darius Garland's out due to protocols. So who knows when he'll be back uh, in, the, in the fold. So with Colin Sexton also done for the year, it kind of leaves him in a really tough spot. You've got Denzel Valentine and Kevin Pangos. We've at least seen something from Valentine throughout the course of his NBA career. Obviously, Pangos really good overseas, but we haven't had the opportunity to see him do much in a Cavaliers uniform. So 
not great options, but I think if you're going to roll the dice on anyone, you might as well go with Valentine just because of his positional availability, uh, shooting guard and small forward. So, yeah, I had to do a little research on Kevin Pancakes and <laughs> couldn't wasn't really sure wasn't really sure about him, but he did play. And it's Kevin Pangos. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He he did play decent minutes the night that Rubio went down and. Mm-hmm. Literally, he's the only point guard standing in Cleveland right now. So I think Kevin Pangos, even though he hasn't done anything, could have maybe one monster game out of these three remaining this week. And I, he might be worth a flyer. I think Denzel Valentine, like you said, is probably a little stronger move. And then obviously if Kevin Love is sitting on your waiver wire, which he should not be given how well he's played, I think he had his mm-hmm. season high in points his last game, so he should not be out there. But he's an obvious must-start player if you got him. Ike Koro, if he's available in your league, which he might be in some some leagues, if you're in a 10-team league, 18 league, he's probably sitting out there. Ike Koro looks like a must-play player to me. And then Dean Wade, you know, Kevin Love might get a day off in one of these three games, and and Dean Wade could make noise, but – but he's been pretty quiet since way, since uh, love has been going ballistic. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the game of the night, Roth. Um, hopefully you got to watch it. It was LeBron James basically versus Le- John Morant. Mm-hmm. And LeBron James went for 37 points, 13 boards, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. He tied his career high with eight triples. Just another monster game. The funny thing about him scoring 37 is today is his 37th birthday. And that was his sixth 30 game, 30 point game in a row. And he's the oldest player to ever do that. He was already the oldest player to do it five times in a row, but he, he uh, took that to another level. One of the things that you and I talked about before the show is, are you concerned about LeBron's workload? Because the Lakers are struggling, man. They're not winning games. And LeBron's out there just busting it every single night. Yeah. No Anthony Davis, tons of guys banged up and in protocols. So at what point do we worry about LeBron? I don't know. You know, obviously it's well documented how, how good he, he does at taking care of his body, you know, and how much he invests in he invests into himself in that regard. So you're not really concerned there, but you look at what he's having to do for a team that, like you mentioned, hasn't been very good. And now they find themselves in the thick of a competition to simply compete for a playoff spot. You know, when you put that, when that team is put together, games like this were supposed to be where you kind of dial it back a little bit because you're going to be a top seed in the, in the Western Conference either way. They can't do that right now. You know, the injuries and protocol issues that you mentioned as well. I, I don't know. I, I'm not too concerned just because of the work he's done throughout the course of his career to take care of himself. But on the flip side, eventually they're going to have to find him, you know, some rest. If it's not minutes wise, but within the course of a game, let someone else take a bit more of the responsibilities. That really hasn't happened yet. You would want it to be Anthony Davis, but obviously he's injured. So I really don't know what to do. I'm not too concerned, but you do want to see the Lakers figure something out here very soon. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed watching Malik Monk the last couple of weeks. And then Russell Westbrook's kind of on a tear, three triple doubles mm-hmm. in a row, but the Lakers are having trouble winning games. One thing about LeBron and his rest, next week, starting Monday, the Lakers play three games. And then the following week after that, they only play two games. 
So there's some teams like next week, Memphis has a five-game week. Remember that. Go pick up your Grizzlies immediately if you like five-game weeks. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lakers are going to play as many games in two weeks as Memphis is going to play in one. So that that works in LeBron's favor, at least. So staying, staying with that game, my man Jared Johnson likes to text me every time Ja Morant does anything, and he, he always calls him <laughs> King Ja. So it was like King Ja against King mm-hmm. James last night. King Ja won. He had 41 points, 10 boards, yeah. and then 2-2-2. Two, two, two. He had a career-high six three-pointers. He was 6-6 six six from downtown at one point. He ended up missing his last one. He was 6-7 from, from three. But, man, Ja looks like a monster. And even mm-hmm. as well as he's playing, he's still like a late third-round fantasy guy, but that's still – way better than he was last year and he's 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 got he's got holes in his game but they're they're small and and he's one of the most fun players in the league i i look at ja almost in a way that people have looked at Giannis in the past where it's like if he gets a consistent jump shot it might be game over for everyone else that's where ja moran is and the thing is he's shooting 38.3 percent from three on 4.5 attempts per game this season i don't know how you guard him at this point the Lakers didn't have an answer last night, and it really seemed no one really had a, a concrete answer for him. Now, he can get a little loose with the ball at times, so the turnover count. That's probably the reason why he's at third round value. But other than that, he's just a sensational talent, and he's only going to get better. So that three point shot now that's falling consistently, I mean, I guess you try to go zone or something, but I don't know what you do with him, given what he can also do off the bounce. Yeah, he he's he's frightening. He's he's frightening. Uh, Ralph, when Straub and I did this podcast, or, or did the round ball stew on, I think it was Monday. We like to take questions from from people near the end of that. And my wife was standing right next to me, like giving me a death glare because we were supposed to be at a, uh, a an escape room for my birthday, like. Okay. <laughs> 20 minutes from then and it was a half hour away and so i just i just sort of said okay goodbye everybody and signed out but if people ask questions today we will try to get to a couple of them at, at the end okay i enjoy the nba it just has some some happy new year's thoughts for us that that's pretty cool thank you for that happy new year let's get back to basketball desmond bain sticking with the memphis grizzlies 20 points three threes nice line all the way around shooting percentage was bad but He's balling, man. He he went to the locker room mm-hmm. mysteriously, kind of limped to the locker room, and we're like, "What's wrong with Desmond Bain?" But he he came back and looked fine. I I don't think there's any any reason to worry about Desmond Bain. He's he's kind of a breakout player this year. Yeah, agreed. It seemed like they were trying to kind of keep him warm, you know, stretch him out in like that tunnel area for a little bit. But yeah, he came back in, finished out the game, so. He's good to go, uh, especially now with, with Melton and Dylan Brooks both sidelined due to protocols. That's a guy where if if you didn't get him before, you missed out because he's been really good. He's been a much one of the most improved players in the league this season for my money. So, yeah, very good night outside of shooting percentage for Bain, but no concern there. Yeah, and again, Desmond Bain, five games. John Morant, five. I pity anyone who has to play against John Morant for five games next week. That's not going to be fun. I moved this guy up mm-hmm. from the agenda because he's kind of doing whatever he wants right now. Marcus Morris is back for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. He had 23 points, 10 boards, yes. 38 minutes, shot it well, hit five, five or six free throws. He hits three-pointers. 
he's available in about 40% of fantasy leagues out there. Now, I'd say 30% of those are people who stopped caring at some point, but he's he may be available in some leagues. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. that's a borderline, might be available in your league. So I think Marcus Morris, if he's sitting out there in your league, you automatically go at him, especially they play four games next week, then they go three, then they go four, four after that. So a lot of games coming for Marcus Morris, who who is healthy and looks great right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Paul George. Obviously, that's a that's a big reason why he's been able to take on more of the load offensively. But yeah, the biggest thing that stood out to me was him being able to play 38 minutes. I think he played 23 the game prior in his first game back. So to get up to 38, you know he's going to have to play take on that type of workload. Really encouraging sight to see what he did last night. Yeah, and I think Morris is always there's always a risk that he's gonna he's gonna sit out a game for maintenance, but. Mm-hmm. The 38 minutes, like you said, was was huge. In in a game that was really hard to watch last night, the Detroit Pistons and the New York Knicks. It looked like the piston, the two man Pistons were going to beat yeah. the. I don't even know what you say about the Knicks. It looked it looked like they were going to beat the Knicks, and then Tom Thibodeau benched everybody, including Kemba Walker, who a week ago we were like, oh, he's back, he can't miss, you have to have him. Plays 20 minutes and scores two points last night. Meanwhile, Alec Burks went nuts. Isaiah quickly, or, or Emmanuel quickly scored 18, looked pretty good. Your guy, the big man, Julius Randle, looks like he might be dealing with some sort of leg problem because he just doesn't look right out there. And I was watching Wally Serbiak after the game was, mm-hmm. was talking about how Julius Randle is setting screens right now. He's like, he's not even doing anything. He just like stands there. He's like, watch Todd Gibson set a screen. That guy sets a screen. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle's just out there, you know, duck walking around, I guess. So, but but the the stars of that game were on the Pistons, and it was Hamadou Diallo and City Bay. And Diallo went nuts for 31 points, 13 boards, and a full stat line. 13 and 19 shooting. He's he's been a ninth round value over the past week or so. I mean, I think he's a must-have player at this point. And then City Bay who I picked up a few weeks ago and have just been sitting on, even though Detroit only has a two-game week. That guy went off with six three-pointers, shot it well, 32 points, nine boards. Just great games from both of those guys. And the only reason they didn't win the game is because the Knicks bench went nuts in the second half. Yeah, in terms of Bay, he was an immediate pickup once Jeremy Grant went down. Bay, he got off to a slow start, but once the grand injury happened, he was a guy that you had to pick up. I think Diallo was the one that a lot of people, myself included, were waiting on. A bit of a log jam on the perimeter. Outside of Cade Cunningham, who's currently out due to protocols, really wasn't anyone who kind of set themselves apart from the crap. So Diallo's been able to do that. Obviously, Frank Jackson rolling his ankle pretty bad last night opens up even more minutes to where Dwayne Cates is going to have to play Diallo a lot of, a lot of minutes. So... 19% roster in Yahoo right now. Uh, so he's a guy that I know two game week this week, but it'd be a good idea to go ahead and get him just to kind of have him for the future. Because even once Kate Cunningham gets back, I don't know if they're going to be able to take Diallo out of the rotation completely. Yeah. And actually the, the two game week for Detroit this week actually helps because Diallo or Bay might be sitting out there on your waiver wire right now. Because yeah. of that. And they play four games next week and, and mm-hmm. have other four-game weeks coming up. To me, both of those guys are must-add must players at this point. 
And then what's going on with Kelly Olenek? We haven't gotten an update on him since November 11th. It's now basically January. He was supposed to be out for six weeks with a sprained left knee. He's got to be close to, to getting back on the court, at least to start doing full basketball activities, I would think. But we just haven't heard a word about him. I think it's, if you've got room, which you probably don't with all the uh, – all the medical protocol stuff going on. Everybody's injured list is completely, as we say here in Georgia, slap full. Everybody's injury list is full. And then you've got guys in your starting lineup who are not playing. So there, it's not like you can go grab a Linux as a luxury move right now. But if you're in a situation where you can do that, I think it's probably about time to start thinking about adding him because he, he could go nuts if he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. All right. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. Remember, someone won $25,000 last night. We've rolled out a special New Year's Day edition featuring the Wizards and Bulls matchup. We're guaranteeing a $50,000 payout. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. We're headed down the backstretch of the NFL season and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7 giving you a shot to win a million dollars every Sunday throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free, easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Vikings and Packers for a chance to win. Download that today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. We didn't really touch on Julius Randle enough. Are you? He was terrible last night. I had him as my starting center in DFS. He completely didn't. He just. I was going to say something inappropriate, but he he made a mess of him of stuff and didn't do anything. Is he hurt or is he just off his game right now? I think it's a little bit of both. You know, he, he doesn't look 100%, but he's been off for a while now. Maybe it's just, I don't know if you'd say a regression, you know, to back to where he probably should be. Maybe last season raised the expectations a little bit too high for him. 
You know, that was an outstanding campaign he had. He's certainly capable of giving you consistent production, but he was playing at, I wouldn't say an MVP level, but he was at an all-NBA level last season. And that was the first time in his career. So I'm not too surprised he's dropped down a bit, maybe surprised by how much the, the decline has been. And I think the same can be said for R.J. Barrett, if you look at that team. You know, Barrett made some strides last season. He's regressed. Um, I know he sat out due to protocols recently, but it's kind of it kind of looks like they're both searching, and it feels like that starting unit unit as a whole has been kind of searching for that you know that cohesiveness that they really haven't been able to establish thus far. Well, and the starting unit last night was terrible, and and I think it's got to be hard to play for Tom Thibodeau. Like I keep saying, every time you see him on the sidelines, man, he just looks like looks like a neighbor who's ready to to go inside and get his baseball bat and chase all the kids off his lawn. (laughs) Like he's just Mm -hmm. this angry guy. And I don't think that, I don't think it's probably that fun to play for them right now. And then the Kemba Walker thing, we also didn't get into that. Like you have to be patient with Kemba at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Second game of a back-to-back. It should be noted. They didn't get into Detroit until five in the morning. I guess there was some plane trouble or something like that. I think a lot of people were surprised that Kemba even played last night. Obviously, when it was announced, it was, hey, it's pretty cool. He's going to play both ends of a back-to-back. But knowing the recent history with the knee troubles, you know, maybe the fact that Evan Fournier was a late scratch also factored into it. I don't know when they actually knew that he wouldn't be able to play. But, yeah, a rough night. I'm not too concerned about Kemba. I don't expect last week's production on a consistent basis. But he's not – as bad as he was last night either. Yeah, the Fournier news was tough. If you had him in a in a lineup, that that stunk because we, we literally didn't find out until after yeah. after tip-off, which mm-hmm. that generally doesn't happen in our line of work. Yeah, Kemba had that 44-point game. He went 29-21-44. And since then, he's he shot yeah. 3 of 12, 3 of 11, 1 of 5 for 10, 10, and 2 points. So – you have to wonder how his knee's feeling also. So, I mean, I think you'd be patient with Kemba, see if he bounces back in the next next game or two. But, man, Alec Burks was awesome last night. And now I think I'm more confused about what to do with any of my Knicks than I than I was a week ago. So that's where we are, which is appropriate for the New York – for your New York Knicks, Ralph. Did you want to talk about Quentin Grimes? Briefly, I guess, because I did say he was someone to watch on yesterday's podcast. We watched him, and he was really poor last night. He missed all five of his shot attempts. Pretty sure he went scoreless, only played a handful of minutes just because of how good the bench was. But I still think he's someone to watch for down the line just because of what he can potentially bring to that roster as a 3 and D wing. But he obviously isn't someone you want to pick up right now. Yeah, he's he's barely on my radar at this point. But anyway, let's see here. Terry Rozier, I don't know that there's that much we really need to say about him. He's he's a top 30 player over the last week. He balled out last night. He was really mad at himself for missing a couple threes, but he also made five of them and scored 35 points. Like, yeah. man, I can't wait till Charlotte's back to full strength because that that is my favorite team to watch. And, and same couldn't be said for the Chicago Bulls. They're super fun. Zach Levine, Lonzo's out right now, but I mean, Rozier's having a fantastic season. And I think those, I think the days of us being terrified of terrified of his shooting percentage are probably over. Cause he's, he's just falling out. He's having a great year. 
Yeah, and he's in a he's now in the lineup where you have other options. So he's going to get higher quality looks. Got Lamelo Ball setting him up. You've got you know Gordon Hayward when Miles Bridges is available. He's also in there too. So yeah, and Terry Rozier has been excellent, um, especially over the last week. So fun player to have. And I think you play DFS Hornets games are usually really good to target just because of how fast they play. They're going to score a lot of points. They're probably going to give up a good amount, too. Yes. All right. Jalen McDaniels, not to be confused with Jaden McDaniels. Jaden plays for Minnesota. Jalen plays for Charlotte. They're both hot pickups right now, Rob. I think I think both of them should be rostered yeah. in almost every league. Now, once Miles Bridges comes back, then, I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about Jalen when that happens, but... I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like both of the McDaniels are gonna are gonna be relevant for the entire second half of the season. I, I if I if I've grabbed either one of them recently, I think I'm just gonna hang on and see what happens. Yeah, I think in the case of Jalen, I would say he's not an immediate drop. Like you see some guys when a starter comes back, you know to get rid of them immediately. I think Jalen, you you kind of want to wait and see. Give him a couple games, see what he can give you off the bench once Bridges returns. Karis Levert, four three-pointers, 27 points. Plays for the Pacers, man. I Ever since the Pacers came out and said they're blowing up the team, like I, I'm leery of messing with them. And just like I'm not using Julius Randle anymore after last night's debacle, I'm probably not messing with Demonis Sabonis mm-hmm much anymore now his line was fine he had 15 points 18 boards seven assists his line was actually kind of a monster line but he had six turnovers he only shot it nine times and he didn't shoot it well from the free throw line like Mm -hmm. i just feel like the pacers are in their own heads because they're all waiting to see who's going to get traded and what's going to happen there but at least for last night lavert and sabonis were solid yeah they need the front office to make a decision you're either going to try to fight it out with this group or you're going to move someone because it just feels like they're treading water you know, as a whole. So, yeah, now, there are some exciting options, but the uncertainty has kind of killed all that with that group. Yeah, and there's really nobody – there's guys on the Pacers that are kind of scrub scrubby. We talked about maybe you want to think about stashing this guy or picking this guy up, but no one's really stepped up. The Pacers haven't done anything, and – They're just kind of floundering, floundering out there in uh, no man's land, I guess. Eric Bledsoe has been playing well for the Clippers. Reggie Jackson's been out. But Paul George is also out, and he plays a lot of shooting guard, which is what Bledsoe can can also do. So Mm -hmm. Bledsoe's been a top 50 player over the past week. Are you holding Eric Bledsoe once Reggie Jackson's back? Yes. I, I will hold him for a couple games just to see what happens. What he can do, whether he comes off the bench or if he returns, if he sticks in the starting lineup as he has recently. I just kind of want to see how Tyron Lue you know, handles that rotation. There's a lot of question marks beyond Paul George, you know, so they're, they're without Isaiah Hartenstein. Serge Ibaka was ineffective last night. He only played nine minutes. So, you know, who knows what's going to go. I think some of those younger guys like Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard are probably exciting if you want to go that route in terms of fantasy potential fantasy value but there's no one that i would be willing to like hitch my wagon to fully so to speak but in terms of blood so i'm gonna wait and see and then it'll probably end up being a drop i think Ralph, you said that serge Ibaka was ineffective last night i'll say he was he was a minus 12 in nine <laughs> minutes so way to go serge he's just barely hanging on by a thread he's like the new 
he's like the new Derek Favors. He's the I'm just he's the old man mm. driving the riding the three wheeled bicycle to the beach with his white socks and flip flops on and his fishing pole in the basket of his of his tricycle. Okay, let's hit Kobe White. Let's skip down to Kobe White real quick. 17 points, 12 assists. He had not had more than three assists in a game this season. So that was shocking to see that double-double come out of him. He also has kind of been hit or miss, even with Lonzo out of the lineup. But for me, last night with three triples, as long as Lonzo's out, I'm rolling with Kobe White. Yeah, yeah. I think my question is, is it too late? You know, we don't know exactly when Lonzo will be back in the lineup. You know, if you can get him, if you can get Kobe White, he's still out there. They play Friday, Saturday, and back-to-back, so – I would assume even if Lonzo's back in time, he would probably sit out one of those games. I don't know if you want someone coming off of protocols playing a back-to-back right away, but 20% roster, he's certainly out there in a lot of leagues. So Kobe White, you might as well go grab him, you know, see what the if he can follow up on last night's performance. Ralph, what are you doing about Nasir Little, who's been starting for the Blazers? I had him in a, a DFS lineup, like, Tuesday night, I think maybe it was Monday and he went absolutely ballistic. He had two steals, three blocks, threes. He had points, he had rebounds. And then I rolled him out there again Wednesday night and he had two points of six boards and two blocks in 23 minutes. He just disappeared. Now I'm going to cut him some slack because they were playing Utah and that Mm -hmm. defense is stellar. And he just, he never got anything going. And really the Blazers got kind of rolled in that game. Norm Powell, was the big star and, and Lillard played okay, but are you holding or dumping Nasir Little? Oh man, I think I would dump him. You know, he's a little too inconsistent for my liking. That being said, I think I do have to allow for the circumstances around the league. Like, who else are you going to pick up? Because you drop a healthy player, there's no guarantee that you're going to find someone who's going <laughs> to, you know, give you equal or greater value immediately. So I guess I kind of talked myself into holding on to him by, <laughs> with that logic. So, Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because, I, I mean, I've been showing people who don't even like basketball. I'm like, look at the Roto World <laughs> – or not Roto Look at the NBC Sports Edge slash Roto World. Yeah. Look at the, our injury report. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you hover over NBA and then click injury report – but it just lists every single player who's injured right now or medical protocols on every team. And it, the numbers are astounding. Like half the league, almost half the league is on that report. And it's just, it's just nuts to me. So you're right. I mean, you just can't drop a healthy player these days like you could back in the day, because, you know, if you got a guy who's going out there and playing every night and he has the potential to put up a line, like he put up on Monday, you know, you need not see a little on your team. Now also Portland's schedule is fun. They play four times next week, mm-hmm. then they have a two game week, which is kind of a bummer. But then they go four, four, four after that. So, if Nasir's little, if Nasir is healthy for all of that run, that's going to be that's going to be pretty cool. Roth, before I read this next promo and we get into some questions, I'm going to give a shout out to my dad. He is watching this, and I'm not sure he ever watches this. So, he sent me a message and he's watching. So, that's that's kind of fun. He's down in Florida. Give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to coal on December 31st, which is tomorrow. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today 
And remember that all of our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in the One Low Edge Plus subscription. All right, Ralph, where are we on time? Should we hit a couple? Uh, we're already we're already pretty deep. Let, let's take let's take a couple questions. Filthy and fade, <laughs> faded, I guess. Happy New Year's Edge team. Thoughts on Reddish the rest of the season? Cam Reddish, nine cat, twelve team. I'm in. I know that things are going to get dicey once the Hawks get healthy. And it, we were talking about the protocols and the injury report. I mean, you only have 15 players on an NBA roster, and the Hawks have at least 14 players on the injury injury report who are not playing right now. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to get healthy eventually, but it could take some time here. DeAndre Hunter's done. Mm-hmm. I, I just think Reddish has come into his own over the last few weeks, and he looks like a baller. Yeah, I think that's been a blessing in disguise you know, for the Hawks with all these injuries and protocol issues. Reddish has it's been able to just play through mistakes, so to speak. So I think he's kind of turning a corner here. You know, rest of the season outlook, I think he's done well enough to where Nate McMillan's going to have a hard time cutting his minutes too much. Obviously, they have a lot of options on the wings once healthy, but I like what I've seen out of Reddish recently, and I think as long as he can stay healthy, he should be able to kind of build on what he's done over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm kind of in on Cam. We're we're, uh, we're taping waiver wired right after we do this, Roth, and and Matt Straup will be joining us, and he'll have the Cam Reddish halo from his jersey o- over his head. And but he said he was going to replace his Hawks jerseys with trash bags, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, because the Hawks are struggling right now, man. And uh, I said trash bag halo would be a great name for a band. Nice. <laughs> so we're going to see if he really has trash bags behind him. Roth, this is going to be a hard question for us to answer without doing a little research first, but we're going to we're going to go there anyway. Super Miners says it's too early. It may be too early to think about this, but what teams or players are you worried about being shut down this season? And I mean, that's such a broad question. That's 30 teams and a lot of players to think about, but if you just take a look at the standings in the NBA and look at who's not going to make the playoffs, I think that's that's where you start with that question. And then after that, you go to the guys that are, you know, older than 30 years old, kind of see where the see where the chips fall. But the Detroit Pistons have won five games this season, right? So you know Cade's gonna keep playing, probably. You know the I think Jeremy. Jeremy Grant's the one I'd be worried about. They know what they have in him, and they kind of, I'm sure they want to evaluate some of these younger guys even more. And with the the thumb injury that he's still working his way back from, it's kind of a built-in reason to keep him on the shelf even longer than you probably would. So I think he's the main guy I would look at in terms of being a threat to to get shut down. Yeah, and then you've got the Orlando Magic, seven games, won this season. Franz Wagner, by the way, Shout out to Franz, man. What a baller. He's on mm-hmm. fire. I think you got to be a little worried about Wendell Carter Jr. on that team. I think you got to be a lot worried about a guy like Gary Harris, who's an injury waiting to happen every time I kind of walked out. I'm glad you brought up Gary because I kind of feel like he may be more of a trade deadline type guy. He's in the final year of his contract, and he's got the skills, if healthy, to help a playoff team. So I think if anything, he may be someone that come February, we're looking at him as as someone that could potentially be moved. 
more than anything. And then what do you think about Mo Bamba? Like when, when he gets back and the, the Mavs are completely out of the playoff race, is he, yeah. is he somebody they could, they could give a lot of rest to down the stretch? That's a good question. He's also in the contract year. You know, you're talking about a, a rookie deal. I think he's a restricted free agent this offseason. So obviously Orlando could potentially match an offer that he gets. But the medical history makes that one a more complicated question to answer, I think. In a perfect world, you have him under contract. You can maybe give him some extra rest. But what would their motivation be there if they don't? I don't know if they've really decided if they're, full, they're all in on Mo Bamba just yet. I, I don't really know what to think about that one either, but ho- hopefully he's not he's not going to get shut down. And a guy I like mm-hmm. in Orlando is R.J. Hampton. I mean, he should play tons of minutes down the stretch. I think he, he he's a good guy to think about uh, making sure he's on your roster for the second half. Yeah. And if we go down to the Western Conference, of course you've got the, the Houston Rockets. They won 10 games after that incredible winning streak they went on recently. So the Rockets, the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Blazers are Blazers will be there. I don't know that the Pelicans will, but but really nobody's completely out of it yet in in the West. I, I think the Rockets have, you know, I, I worry about Christian Wood tweaking, tweaking an ankle in February, and they'd be like, okay, we'll, we'll just let it chill. The Thunder are kind of a mess. Yeah. It's impossible to tell what's going to happen there. We've seen them shut guys down in the past. SGA didn't finish the season last year, was out for an mm-hmm. extremely long time. I worry a little bit about him. He's got an incredible workload on him right now. And then the Pelicans with Zion. Are, are, I guess that's the way I start. Do we see Zion Williamson play basketball this year? I think we will. Enough for him to be like an effective fantasy player. I don't think that will be the case. As we've seen them kind of take baby steps in terms of working him back into the fold in the past. And you're talking about a foot injury for a, a power player. That's probably the worst combination that you could have for a basketball player. So, yeah, I, I don't expect much from him if we see him at all. But I think we'll see him limited amounts this season. And shout out to Herbert Jones. Huge game the other night. Yes. Uh, should be mm-hmm. rostered everywhere after that. He's he's a guy who's not going to get shut down, and he's going to play a ton for the Pelicans. So, all right, um, you had – put Larry Nance on our agenda. I did not have time to get to him. So Jeremy wants to know, keep Larry Nance or Montrez Harrell for the rest of the season? Which guy are you keeping? Oh, that's a good question. I think I would lean Montrez. I know Montrez is out right now. He's also in health and safety protocol. So you may lose a little bit in the short term, but even with the eventual return of Thomas Bryant, you've got Rui Hachimura, who may be back at some point as well. I think Harrell's in a decent spot where he can get you good production, even if he's still coming off the bench. And, you know, the health situation between Bryant, we've seen Daniel Gafford get injured as well earlier this season. Maybe you can get some sneaky value on certain nights when he's thrust into that starting role. So I would go Harrell, but it's not. there's not too big of a separation there. I'm going Larry Nance. I, I like, uh, especially Portland's schedule. We talked about his 4-2-4-4-4 coming up. Larry's going to play a ton of minutes. He hits threes. I think he's a more well-rounded fantasy player than Montrez. And then if Thomas Bryant comes back, you've got a three-headed situation there um, in in D.C. So I I think I'm going to go Larry Nance on that one, Jeremy. Is Laurie Markinen a drop? No. That is from the vengeance. No, especially not now. Obviously, we mentioned the, the injury issues at the top of the show that the Cavaliers have. 
He hasn't been great, but I think he's someone you hold on to. Okay, last one, and then we're out of here. Oh, filthy and faded again. Should I trade Yusuf Nurkic for Josh Giddy? Just lost Rubio. Ralph, I'll let you go first. Oh, man. That's a good question. That's a tough one because Nurkic will give you, I think he's going to give you consistent production. Giddy has been good as well. And if you're, you're in dire need of a point guard, I guess you kind of have to do it. But if you don't, if you have other options on your roster, I don't know if I would be so quick to make that trade right now. This is good, Ralph. We're disagreeing on stuff today. I'm doing that trade all day long because every time I see Josh Giddy go off and fill a stat sheet, I'm mad that I didn't draft him anywhere. I don't have any shares of Josh Giddy. I'm jealous of people who do. I want him on my team. Nurk, Nurk's a solid, kind of a boring, solid fantasy basketball player. Like he's He gets it done, but I want the upside of Giddy. Giddy's young enough that he should hopefully keep playing for that that Thunder team. He's out right now. Now might be a good time to try to go get him. Like, if I am in that situation, I'm trading Nurkic to get Giddy. But I understand where you're coming from. Also rough. So, all right, it is time for us to go tape the holiday another holiday edition of Waiver Wired. Ryan Bostu. So we are out of here for the day. Roth, thank you for all your work and everything you did this year and let's go george bulldogs and everybody have a happy new year (laughs) thanks guys thanks for tuning in everyone all right we'll see y'all teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you deets and watson it's a family thing since 1939 the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand